You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And I can tell you that this episode is definitely transforming and the story you will hear from my guest is shocking. My guest is Terence McMahon. He's a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, coach, and expert in personal and brand storytelling. In this episode, Terence reveals the algorithm needed to find your superhero self to overcome any challenge when the odds are stacked against you. We're also discussing how to become the first millionaire in your family, is it possible to become rich fast, and how to learn from struggle. So it's very interesting, guys. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Terrence. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for being my guest. Pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. You have an amazing story that touched me, and I definitely would love to share it with my listeners. Would you please tell our listeners about yourself? Yeah, I may, uh, <laughs> it's a little sometimes difficult to do, but I'm, a, I'm an author, speaker, and business strategist primarily, and I have a I'm a retired CEO after 25 years in the financial services industry. I had a medical event in 2016 that um, left me terminally ill and unlikely to survive. And and my story is about coming back, surviving, and recreating myself. So that's kind of what I've done. So I I went from being a CEO uh, with a big company up in New England to having a work-from-anywhere lifestyle, entrepreneur, social media quasi influencer. I'm not at some people's level yet, but I'm getting there. And I just have a, you know, an important message to share with people that I think is uh, maybe a little different to uh, what you hear out there. When you were talking about Rock into Beauty, it really amazed me. And would you please tell us more about it? The whole story behind it? Of course, of course. Uh, oh, the story starts out at, at when you're little, you, you, you model and imitate your heroes. And my hero was my father. My father was a great baseball player. He played professional baseball with a, a team called the Cincinnati Reds. Um, 
and he was really good and he had a bunch of kids and he taught us all algorithms on how to play baseball, you know, just a set of, set of steps to practice so you can create mastery. And we did that in baseball. Uh, my, my, uh, my brother Eddie was a professional baseball player with the twins. My brother Sean played with the uh, Blue Jays. My brother Tim and I both went to school on scholarships. He taught us these algorithms on how to hit, how to throw, play the game, how to win. Uh, and I copied my father. I also copied his lifestyle. My father was a door-to-door, was a, uh, a liquor salesman. He was a big drinker. So I kind of emulated him later on in life. I, I not only imitated him, but I emulated him. I became better and surpassed that. And in college, when I was at my first day in, in college, I had a, a panic attack. My first day, I remember being in my dorm room and I'm, I'm getting this, this feeling of anxiety. Felt like I'm dropping out of an airplane. And I never had that feeling at that level before. I was just probably pretty nervous and going to a bar, having alcohol. And that, that was um, something that helped me. It helped uh, relieve the symptoms. And that was an algorithm that I use pretty much every day from that moment on because the panic attacks never left me. I washed out of baseball uh, doing that in 1991. Uh, no kids, no job, no college education yet, and a baby on the way. So I t- took the only job I could get, which was knocking on, on doors, selling life insurance. And you can imagine going from being a hero on the baseball diamond to being the butt of a joke out of a, you know, out of a Woody Allen uh, movie. You know, that's a, just a difficult job. It's the job that everybody makes fun of. But I did it well, and I learned, I learned a couple things. And in, in, in fact, the big, the big idea I learned, which is an idea I teach to this day, was the day my son was born. Not, not long after I started, I was on the brink of failure, and I was on the brink of breakdown, knocking on doors and getting rejected isn't a lot of fun. Uh, but my son David was born on January 10th, and a couple of great things happened. The first thing was uh, the nurses uh, came in, and, and they put ink on his feet, his fingers, and they made they put an impression on a card, and on that card, they said that I, I asked them what they did with that card. And they said they they bring it down every day to town hall to register him, his birth, birth certificate. That's how they start the process. And I thought that was interesting because on top of knocking on doors to sell life insurance, we also used to call baby leads out of the birth announcements, which came every two weeks. So I figured out a way to get the, the leads earlier. And uh, so I went down the town hall and sure enough, the pile of cards were there. I just took everyone's name down and I created a little algorithm, um, get their name, go to the pay phone, get their phone number, go back to the office and call them. I called them first because that information wasn't public yet. So I had a little bit of an edge. I did a little bit of research and I did a little bit of implementation. And before you know it, I go from being on the brink of failure to having a pretty predictable six and later seven figure income. Uh, that was just the beginning of my, my business journey. And I, you know, I just built that to, I used that to get clients and I used it to teach others to get clients. Pretty big firm, there's almost 600 brokers and agents. We had over 60,000 clients and my passport was full and I had private drivers making big money, seven figures plus. And, um, and that, if you look for me from the outside looking in, it looked like I had it all, but from the inside, uh, lots of things were going on. I was on top of blowing up Financially, I blew up physically 350 pounds, morbidly obese, suffering depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. Alcohol wasn't working anymore. So I was on the brink of, of uh, health, physical failure and health failure. On a Memorial Day 2016, I wandered into an emergency room thinking I had heart palpitations. I had the doctor said it wasn't my heart, it was my liver. I was massive liver fur and pancreas for them going to some, some life-sustaining tactics. I would have died. 
So after that, uh, I went from being a CEO with a seven-figure income to being labeled an alcoholic. And, and when you're labeled an alcoholic, you're put on the end of the liver transplant. So you literally need someone else to die for you to live. And that was my, my new journey was just to get a transplant to survive. And that's, uh, that's kind of the, where the broken part starts. Uh, one of the stops in my journey was a rehab center. And in, it was in addiction rehab center where you know, it was basically 800 bucks a day sitting around in a, in a circle and just talking about your life. And I never forget the day that the, the therapist looked at me and she said, uh, you know, you're all addicts. You, you all have a disease and there's, there's no cure. So she basically told us we were broken. And I was like, in their algorithm, this was the, the biggest take back. Like, okay, that's one thing. What's the fix? Their algorithm was to go to meetings every day uh, for the rest of my life, self-identify as being an addict, tell everybody that's who I am and what I do. And then, um, you know, and be in recovery my whole life. And that's just didn't sound real, real, real exciting to me. Uh, it didn't really matter. I was most likely going to die anyway. Uh, but I found that to be weird. Um, you know, a strange one dimensional look at transformation. And that's when, you know, that's when I, I, um, I started to think about the possibility of surviving, you know, if I did survive, which was, which was unlikely, I'd want to recreate myself. And those are two really important words that I teach people like rehabilitation means to restore something back to its original condition while recreating means to bring something new into existence that's never existed before. It's kind of like taking a building and knocking it down and putting something new up or rehabbing it. I wanted to recreate myself. You know, the other way is just fine. It just wasn't for me. And that's where I went from, you know, I started my journey and, you know, when I got out of the out of rehab, I was so sick. I was inoperable. I was going to probably die. Um, I was failing in every way. I was turning it was very painful. And my mother and I were in Jacksonville just waiting for the end because she's a nurse and she knows that, um, that, you know, once you start to smell ammonia on Sunday, it's the end is close. And it was that, it was that close. It's dying very close to death when, um, you know, we made our arrangements. My kids came in, we said goodbye to everybody and, and, um, made settle my affairs and then i had that that miracle happen uh, phone rings one night i'm sitting just thinking and waiting and the phone rang it was mayo clinic and uh they they said mr mcmahon are you in jacksonville and i was she said a prisoner died and he's a match the good news he's a match like he's a match and an organ donor um the not so good the news is he's high risk. He was an IV drug user and a prisoner, which meant they weren't sure the organ was safe for me. And, you know, of course, we're at the very end. So my mom and I agreed to take it. And, you know, they, they harvested the organ from this beautiful 28-year-old soul who I've never met, still don't know who he was, who had a very different life from me. And, and uh, they put it on a, a helicopter and a jet and another helicopter, brought it to Mayo Clinic up to the operating room where I was waiting, waiting, clinging on to life. And they put it in my body. And that happened. So... Like that was the beginning of, of the end of one life and the very beginning of another one. Wow, what a story you have. It's just definitely a miracle. And I love how you said about algorithm. Yeah, there is definitely algorithm everything. The way you figure it out and the way you made uh, like seven-figure income from life insurance is just so fa fascinating. I'm just, I'm shocked. Well, you got it. I mean, my, when I talked to my kids about what I did, they, they said, oh, you sell life insurance. And I said, no, 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 no. I sell a lot of life insurance. <laughs> so we had it. We had a good life. And um, it was a lot of toxicity associated with the the sales process because you're you're just you never know when your next dollar is coming. It's like the epitome of of stress. And if yeah. you add that to someone who's 
jittery to begin with. It's a, it's a perfect storm for toxicity, which, which manifested in my body, uh, you know, to terminal illness. So well, I got lucky and, you know, and, and, and there's a, there's a, a Japanese mending process that I connected with very early, right after I, I kind of woke up and I was like, oh my God, I sold my business, lost most of my money, most of my friends, uh, all of my reputation and all the dignity I had in my body, you know, dying before the world and turning jaundice and orange is very humiliating. You know, being the guy that drank himself to death is very humiliating. And that, you know, you're just waiting for a chance, one thing to come back from. The Japanese have a mending process called kintsugi, a very beautiful art that it goes back to the uh, 500 years where they would take broken pottery. And, you know, metaphorically, I was broken all over the ground. This is where my TED Talk big idea came from. So I got pieces of me everywhere, relationships, my body, my physical health, my reputation. They put it back together. Japanese put it back together. Rehabilitation would, would paint over the cracks. And so it's not there. In Kintsugi, the Japanese mend that broken pottery with gold lacquer. So these golden cracks heal the, the pottery and it creates a new entity. And the scars that, that were once there are no longer seen as scars, they're seen as stars, right? So Pulo Coelho wrote, scars are metals branded on the flesh and your enemies will be frightened by them because they're a proof of your long experience of battle. So if you think about that, like, Imagine someone who's so far down, like at the very brink of failure in existence, like at the very last second gets a chance. That's a, a very dangerous person from, you know, upside. So the upside for me was unlimited. The humiliation was already, it already happened. You know what I mean? So I, it was like, I had almost nothing in the world to, to, to risk. There was nothing left to risk. So I went for it. I just kind of put my life back together. And in Kintsugi, the, the repaired art, the repaired art in pottery is worth more than the original unbroken art. It's more beautiful. The, the, uh, the, the fractures and the imperfections are seen as a beautiful point in someone's life. And that's, I kind of connected to that idea. And that's what I did with Ted. I, I just told everybody that doesn't make a difference where you are. In fact, if you're low, as low as low gets, it's actually the best place to start to transform because any, any progress off that off that low place is very noticeable and people will give you feedback and encouragement. You'll be surprised when somebody's making a comeback, how the world will rally. And they did for me and I'm thankful for that. And now I want to help others do it. Yeah, you have a very strong personality. I definitely yeah. admire you. What is the strategy for a life tough decision? Ah, decisions. I mean, I have the algorithm that I've made for transformation. And the first, the first part, per, I mean, it's a three-part algorithm to recreate yourself. That's what my book is, is called Superhero Self, how to recover from any anything and recreate yourself into anyone. Think about that. Um, and it comes from a mindset of the, what the Greeks would call amor fati. And amor fati means love of your own fate, uh, wanting nothing to be different, all right? Nothing backwards or forwards, no regret, change nothing, accept everything and love it. Like the scars are my stars. Like this is a blessing. And from there, you can recreate yourself. All right. And then what you need to do once you love what happened is you can make decisions, which is the first step of my algorithm. You make decisions first. Um, and the, the word decision means to cut away from. If you broke the word down etymology, the base root of the word means D. The first part is away from, like a detour or a divorce, right? Incision is to cut. So to put the word together, the real meaning of decisions isn't 
add things to your life, it's cut things away. The statue of David was chiseled from a piece of rock that was cut away to perfection. And you got to metaphorically think about that in your life. So cut away uh, things. Your first thing is your persona. Like that's the Greek word for personality, your character, your, your, your mask. It literally means mask. That's who you put over, who you really are and walk around the world with that. But you got to execute that person. You got you to gotta let them go. People got to go. Some hard decisions need to be made on relationships, places you go, your, your, your narrative, the story of, of the hero that you are versus the hero you could be. That's all. So the first set is to cut away. And Covey says to change the fruit, you need to change. Them. So you got to cut, sever them. And then the universe, step number two, the universe knows no uh, stillness. Like once you cut something away, something instantly goes back in there. So if you took a mask off, a new mask is coming on and uh, you can either conform to what the mask the world wants to give you. You know, for me, it was, I'm an addict. I have a disease. I have no cure. Okay. I'm going to be in recovery forever, which wasn't really thrilling to me, or I'm a superhero. I have a purpose. I'll make a difference. I said, I'll take the superhero. Thank you. Um, so that's in choosing that second part of the algorithm is the first part's decisions, which I say, chop, chop the head of the dragon off. And the next part is choose, choose your mask, choose your friend, choose where you live, choose your rich. Okay. Love I'm, this I'm concept. Learning, learning words is so important. We say so many words, we don't know what they mean. Rich means an abundance of something. When you say someone's rich, they could be rich in time. They could be rich in love. They could be rich in travel. They could be rich in intellect and knowledge and wisdom. They could be rich in healing. They could be musically rich, mathematically rich, graphically rich, rich with the written word, rich with the spoken word. There's a lot of riches. And so choosing what that is, and in the Japanese, if you're talking business, this is the only time I'll ever say, because unfortunately we have to make money in this world to survive. The Japanese have a saying called ikigai. And ikigai is the intersection of four circles. And this is a conversation you have with yourself. You know, what do I love to do that I'm also good at? So those two circles, I love it and I'm good at it, right? What does the world need that I love and I'm good at? What does the world need that I love and I'm good at that I can make a living doing? For me, it was reading books and talking to people about it and helping people transform through speeches, through free content on podcasts and social media through coaching. Whatever I do is kind of quasi coaching, I guess. My icky guy is helping people recreate themselves, brain, body, and business. So that's kind of um, the last step is my most favorite part. I think if, if you've seen any of my social media, you've seen, you know, how do you chip away at that, at that dream, that amazing character, that rich, that vivid image of, of being abundant, your icky guy, your family. And, the, and it's the dominoes. You got to line up your dominoes, the domino is the easiest way to set a set of steps up a new algorithm starting from zero and working your way up because the domino uh everyone's seen the two million dominoes lined up that knock each other over it's called the domino effect like a domino in motion as isaac newton would say will keep going in motion that domino and that force has what's called action potential and action potential is what energy you can use in the world to improve your position the two-inch domino can knock over another two inch domino. But a lot of people don't know that a two inch domino can actually knock over a two and a half inch domino or a three inch domino, 50% bigger. Like gee, that, that's uh, that's science, like that's physics. Physics will allow that domino enough action to get bigger. And life's the same way. Like you have enough to live your life tomorrow like you did yesterday, but you also could live it a whole lot better tomorrow than you did today if you're consciously taking those steps. So the big domino 
down the road is your is your rich and the little domino is whatever you can get done today that is a yes you know in sales i always say meet your client where they can say yes sometimes people want to start a company and and wait for people to come but sometimes they're not ready to come maybe yes for them is just to follow you on social network until they get to know you in transformation maybe yes to losing weight could be drinking one bottle of water today and maybe tomorrow two tomorrow you know and that's how you build on it each day after the next day so that that's the the algorithm chop the head of the dragon off choose your rich and chip away chop choose and chip love this idea it totally makes sense especially about domino effect i've seen your videos like you're showing like small yeah. domino and at the end of actually knock it off the huge one it's just amazing how it works i never thought about it this way well if you went backwards from what i always say work backwards once you saw the metaphor if you google the domino effect there's a, a couple of good videos about it. or if you go to my website you'll see my ted talk But the big domino is your is your rich. It's what you want in your life. And if you really get scientific about it, like if you wanted to, if your rich was you wanted to be an author. Some people never wrote a word. So if you never wrote a word, but you want to be an author one day and you, you know, get more specific about it, you want to be a best-selling fiction author or you want to write a screenplay. I mean, there's a lot of big dreams out there. You can work backwards from an award-winning screenplay to today and find one thing you can do today that by you doing that will bring you closer to being that award-winning screenplay writer. And that could be getting a book. It could be taking a course. It could be calling a friend that knows a little bit about it, connecting dots forward, chipping away at it, never stopping. That's how you get there. Yeah. I know you also were talking about how to become first millionaire in your family. So would you please talk <laughs> more about it? <laughs> that is so interesting. That was a joke, really. I saw a post once and I'm talking to my producer, Steve, and he says, you know, do you want to be a millionaire? And of course, that's the video that's gotten like 7 million views. I think maybe 8 million views by now. And you just break it down. That's exactly right. Um, you know, the math to being a millionaire, I, I, I said that the, the first stop to a million, if you want to be the first millionaire in your family, get rid of that number and put in 100,000. All right, so you break the hundred thousand down to the low common denominator, right? That's two hundred seventy-four dollars a day, right? So at two hundred seventy-four dollars a day, if you wanted to, you got to make two hundred seventy-five, two hundred seventy-four dollars a day. Uh, you can break that number down. That's twenty-seven ten-dollar products. Like that's fifty-four five-dollar products. That's um, one two hundred seventy-four dollar product. There's four billion people in the world. Like you can write a book that's, you can do something in your life that's worth 10 bucks. If you do something in your life that's worth 10 bucks, you got to sell, if you sold 27 of those a day, you make enough money to make a hundred thousand dollars. And and it's not the fact that you get the hundred thousand, you, you understand the algorithm to make money. And now you start taking, you add, delete and modify your offer. You add, delete and modify your traffic sources. You add, delete and modify your audience. And now you're, you're instead of selling 274 a day, maybe you can sell 574 to get to the point where you're doing $2,740 a day, which is a million dollars. So you got to chip away at it the same exact way you work. If your number is a million dollars, mathematically, you work backwards. That's $2,740 a day to be to make a million dollars in a year. Very possible. A lot of people do it. I think that the biggest competition in, in, in this is, I did another video on that, how not to be a million, be lazy, don't read books, don't have mentors, don't take action, sit and wait around, listen to naysayers, 
Give yourself a bad brand, a bad rap. Don't believe in yourself. That's how you not do it. How you do it is the inversion of all. Yeah, and everyone, when they think about, oh, millionaire, they don't think about these little steps that actually can bring you close to that goal. They just think, oh, it's not possible. Or it's just like, oh, wow, it's so hard to do. But the way you broke it down is just looks like it's definitely possible for anyone if you really put in enough hard work. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a book out there I just read called Steal Like an Artist. And a lot of people, are, you know, with social media, you can get the algorithm that someone used to create their own wealth right out of their book and you can reverse engineer them back to zero. It's not hard to do, right? And then a lot of people say, well, that's copying somebody. And it's not, it's, it, it's imitating and modeling them maybe even in a different industry, and then ultimately emulating them because that's the whole the whole story of, of someone that copied someone and turned into, emulated them, surpassed them, Kobe Bryant. He imitated Charles, Bar Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan and his body was different. So he made some adjustments and became Kobe Bryant. The Beatles uh, played like Elvis did in England and Chuck Berry and Jerry Lee Lewis, they were imitating them. Ringo, Paul, and John were all imitating these various rock stars. And then they started playing their own songs and became the Beatles. Um, you know, David Letterman imitated Johnny Carson, became David Letterman. Conan O'Brien imitated David Letterman, became Conan O'Brien. Like you can imitate somebody and then take what you learned, your mentors, you know, your mind mentors, because the good thing about mentoring, someone mentoring you, particularly if they're dead, like a dead author, is that they can't say no. Like you don't have to ask someone to mentor you. You can just, you can give them credit when it's due. When you've made it, you just give them the credit. But you can definitely imitate people and get a model down and start to apply that to your, your message and your journey. Like, um, you know, when you, when you steal one person's idea, it becomes copying and that's wrong, particularly if you don't give them credit. Um, but if you, if you take inspiration from five people and you create your own idea, that's inspiration that was inspired by, and there's not an artist on the planet that won't tell you that they got their art idea from other art. So business owners get their ideas from other businesses strolling the planet. That's where Red Bull came from. They were traveling overseas and found this drink, this energy drink, and they brought it back and made it into Red Bull. Oh, wow. That's interesting. It's basically don't try to reinvent the wheel is just there. Just you have to change it and adjust it. Just do your own thing. Right. If you, if you did your, if you did the icky guy exercise and you wrote the four circles and don't connect them at this point, what do you love to do? Music. How are you? You know, I, I used to say like, now how smart are you? How are you smart? There's a book out there called the eight intelligence or gardener. And it talks about the IQ test is a flawed test because it only measures your academia ability. It measure, measures your likelihood to do well in academics as it's written in the world, but the world's not academic. The world's not universities, the world's the world. So everyone has a level of intelligence that's a gifted level. There's eight spoken word, artistic. Some people are good with animals. Some people are good with other people relating and teaching. Some people are, are mathematical wizards. There's like eight of them. So you gotta, you don't figure out how smart you are. It's how are you smart? And once you figure out how are you smart and you kind of, honing in how, how how you can use that that gift that what you're good at what you love to do and what the world needs if you can figure those three out someone will pay you for the world will always pay for what they need and that's the start so once you start that you now you look for five people in that space or a closed space and you start to dissect their business model 
like a, like a mechanic taking a car apart. So you take all five cars apart, you put them on the ground and you put your car back together using all five of those. And now you have a deal message. Or- yeah, absolutely. And what is the emotional cycle of change? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know where you got that from, but the emotional cycle of change is when you change anything, you're going to go through a roller coaster. Psychologists call it uh, the first stage is this what's called un uninformed optimism. You like for some no good reason, you just feel good that you're doing this thing. It's just you're changing. You're moving away from, from zero. And it's not, there's no reason for it other than the fact you think it's good. So you get a good feeling. You get a hit of dopamine off of that. And then you get a hit of the opposite of dopamine, which is cortisol. When you get informed pessimism, this isn't as easy as it seems. I thought this would be a lot easier. It's not that much fun. I don't like getting this negative feedback informed like you're getting feedback and it's not good so you're going down now and you're going into what we call the third level which is the valley of despair it's a long treacherous hike across this nasty valley of rejection of embarrassment of humiliation of failure of of trying and and not doing and then you're going to do that but that's when most people bounce they bounce it's called niche hopping they bounce to another niche they go to their flavor maybe you've heard of someone or seen someone do that Instead of looking like a scientist would, you know, turn on your flashlight, right? Turn on your flashlight and start to evaluate feedback. And then you get what's called the last stage is informed optimism. Something worked, you get a charge off it, you you use it and you build on it. You eliminate what doesn't work and now you become an entrepreneur and you're going up to success. And that's and that's the that's the the cycle of change in every business. There's not one business that existed that's done well at all. I don't care which one it is where the person that started the business said, holy shit, I think I made it. But those that stick it out and win. That's the emotional cycle of change. If you know it's going to happen, you know it's coming. So when it happens, you're not that surprised. That's one of the big deals. Like a, a professional, the difference between an amateur and a professional is amateurs quit when it hurts. Professionals go to the gym and work. They go back to work. They're indifferent to the feedback. They just do it until it's done. That's professional. Do you think it's necessary to hire a coach or just can learn enough just by educating yourself? I mean, coaches, courses, masterminds are the cheat codes of life. You know, the kids get these little cheat codes and they cheat at these video games. Um, the video game of life, if, you're, if your vision and your goal is super important, someone else has been on that journey or very close to it before. And coaches and mentors, and courses and masterminds and people you hang out with and talk to, both as mentors and social circles. They're two different things. That, that those 10 people, let's say you get 10 people that you follow and you, you take their businesses. And by the way, don't have it be the same 10 people. <laughs> Everyone follows basically the same. There's a few influencers out there that are all basically the same person. They're talking about funnels and doing things online. It gets people really excited. But what about technology, ancient wisdom, philosophy, uh, books, old school sales? old school marketing, like create a portfolio of people that you, you, that mentor you either, whether they know it or not, by the way. And if you can afford to, of course, hire, hire a qualified coach, but your social circles and people that are supporting you is just as important. I think it's the most important thing is have people that are supportive. If they're not supportive, remember phase one decisions, cut them, or at least put them in a a nostalgic bucket. So you always see them because you need support to do this. You know, there's a theory that says people you hang out with, like five people around you, and if you take their average income, that's like, what are your income? Like, do you believe in that? Of course. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, it is. 
It's, it's, it's a law. It's not even a, a belief. It's basically the law. Just do it. You'll see. Do the exercise. I've never not, I've never had anyone do that exercise and then say, holy cow, you're right. A lot of people hang around with, with their buddies that they grew up with and they never kind of left the roost. And it's not about leaving them. It's who you spend the most amount of time with, by the way. So it's not like defriending people. It's like, who do you spend your time with? Like your, your time as a professional is working on your trade. Your trade is what you give the world back to get your gifts in return. Things you use to survive and, and your esteem and your feedback from what you do good for the world. We all have that need. Sometimes you're in social circles where none of that's happening. So you're, you're living a, a life of, of an addiction, an addiction to repetition with no change. And what's worse than that? If you live the same day over and over, you're the domino that never goes bigger, never goes to the action put on bail on. And that's okay because it's safe, but... You can't go to heaven without dying. You just can't. The decisions to do it have to super have to over over overrule a lot of comfort you have. Yeah, it's totally important to keep your surrounding a great place and the right people around you because it defines mm. you in some way. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And do you think is is there any way to get rich fast? <laughs> no. <laughs> I really don't believe I don't believe it is. And I I think if it is, I think it's 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 a shortcut. It's not worthy of the journey because when you be, when you get it I'll never forget when I wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars a year I got there and I didn't even like that was more than my mom and my dad made together and it was such a lack of non-climactic and then the same was true at a million and the same is true all all accomplishment has nothing to do with money it has has what to do with are you living your potential are you, are you your superhero self? Like, are you giving the world what, what, what uh, the gifts that God gave you to give? Um, it's not that hard to monetize something that the world needs because everybody's here to solve a problem that the world has. They just don't know what that is, but you'll find it out one. And then the world will pay you in some way to solve that problem. If you think about it. pastors and priests and rabbis get paid, doctors and nurses get paid, teachers get paid with uh, tangible and intangible gifts of, of teaching and, and, and lifting somebody up. That's, an, that's a question I hesitate to answer because you can get lucky and hit a trend. Um, it's not my thing. I think I think if you, I'll take the tortoise over the hair all day long, you know, chipping away at something that's worthy of your icky guy. The world needs it. You love to do it. You're good at it. And you can make good money doing it versus, oh my God, I can come in here and make a quick million bucks. Okay. What are you going to do with the million bucks? By the way, a million bucks is a million dollars cash which you could buy something that you probably don't need like a boat right or a house okay maybe you can use a house but a million dollars sitting in an account only throws off twenty five hundred dollars a month of interest so if you want to be a millionaire find a business that throws off twenty five hundred dollars a month of income passive income like a youtube channel that's the same as having a million dollars and it's a hell of a lot more fun to build that's the quickest way to be a millionaire. create twenty five hundred dollars a month of passive income now why do i say that 2,500 a month times 12 months is $30,000. $30,000 is 3% of a million, which is about the interest you'd get on. But a lot of people don't get that concept, but but they're like, I need a million dollars. Like, what do you need? You're not going to spend it on a house. You per- and you're also going to get taxed on most. Yeah, that's so true. And that's, not, know- that's not really a popular answer sometimes, but I don't, you know, I didn't. Very unique answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't cheat. You don't cheat. <laughs> cheat death to cheat at life. It's, it's a real answer. There's there's never been an, a substantial amount of abundance created without work. Yeah. And you know, everyone is so 
crazy about uh, dropshipping, Shopify, and e-commerce right now. Do you think it's like totally worth it to start it? Or what do you think about it? Because it's like kind of passive income mostly. And well, the, I mean, you got to work backwards from the life you want to live. That's that's the first thing. And, and I'm teaching a class. I'm an I'm a English era, a digital marketing instructor for a university in London. I had my first class last week and I was saying, everyone wants to learn how to digital market to get rich, but very few people that make a lot of money are happy. Like if you're going to use digital technology and cameras and social media and all these wonderful tools that are that are amazing for the world, how can you ethically use them to do good for the world, make a good living and and uh, and enjoy what you're doing along the way? So like Shopify, Facebook ads and e-commerce and drop shipping, there's a, these are just tools. Your strategy, your overall strategy is you're going to have an audience that you want to create entrepreneurial life around. That audience has a problem. This is as simple as it gets. You have an audience, they have a problem. You make a promise to that audience to help them get out of their problem, right? So that's that's the making of a business. Those are the three elements of business. How you distribute your promise, your solution to their problem could be e-commerce. It could be coaching. It could be a yoga studio. It could be retreats. It could be it could be a tour guide. I mean, that that's just a matter of how you want to live your life. I mean, hopefully, if you start drop shipping a whole hell of a lot of things and you're not getting a lot of fulfillment with, from it, you probably won't thrive at it and you might make a couple bucks. Um, I mean, I'm about a work from anywhere lifestyle like that. That's real important to me. And there's algorithms that you can learn one at a time to create a work from anywhere amazing lifestyle. But the importance of, of choosing your rich is the most important part of it. Because that's where the, that's where the new ship is going. And it's not a a destination or a distant shore you're going for. It's a guiding star. It just kind of guides you which way you're going. It's not always telling you exactly what to do. Like, I don't know. I know I like helping people recreate themselves. I know I like reading books and I like doing one minute mentoring ideas on TikTok. I like that. Um, I like talking to experts. Like I put that all together and it's going to go into an app called Recreate, which is going to be daily domino ideas. Um, diamonds from books and expert interviews and, and courses to transform your brain, your body, and your business. So I don't know what the, what the fruits of that will be. I know it's popular and people are responding to it. So I'm sure somebody will pay for it. And I'll charge them a very, I'll charge them an hour's pay a month. Maybe <laughs> it's going to be super cheap. Are you thinking about to launch in the app? Because it would be interesting. I, I, no, I, ha I have it. It's, it's, it's going to be launched right before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, nice. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting concept. Yeah, just a you know an app that helps people keep themselves on tr track each day, an idea to, to move yourself in a positive way forward and learn from experts and learn from these books. I read the books anyway, so that's kind of one of the things that I love to do that I was good at. The world kind of needs it, and I can make a couple bucks doing it. So that's that's kind of working backwards from from that that formula. Yeah. And now, you know, and then you're then you're in a place where where you're enjoying your your work. If you can't make a distinction between work and time off in your life because you like them both so much, you're you've hit it. You're right. You're one. Everybody everybody hates going to work. Like 80% of the world self-identifies as hating their job. I mean, it's high number. But right now, like especially millennials, I don't think many people even work nine to five anymore. It's everyone self-employed right now and just doing their own thing. Those are my, that's my audience. The millennials are my audience. I mean, they're drawn to the work from anywhere. I just, I just released my, my book called the Anywhere Advisor. 
It's how to build a recession and pandemic proof work from anywhere business in 10 easy steps. It's, this is hot off the press. I just got the box yesterday. And it's 100, 100 pages, I think 105 pages. You can read it in an hour, maybe an hour and a half. There's 10 steps you can do in five minutes a day in 10 days, and you can have a business. Um, but the, the the purpose is the first course. Make sure this business drives your purpose if you enjoy it. Don't build something that you won't like. Yeah, that's a, many people probably miss that point that they just like chasing money, but there is really, it's not satisfying for them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, all the information. Uh, okay. On Instagram, my name is spelled Terrence McMahon. That's the key. T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E McMahon. And my website is TerrenceMcMahon.com. McMahon is M-C-M-A-H-O-N. Kind of a weird way it's spelled, but my, my website's TerrenceMcMahon.com. If you Google Terrence McMahon, there's a whole dashboard of social media links there. Instagram is Terrence.McMahon. TikTok is Terrence McMahon. My email is tmac, T-M-A-C, at terrencemcmahon.com. If anybody wants a free copy of the Anywhere Advisor, I just wrote this book. I have a PDF copy. I'll give it anyone that emails me a copy. Great. Thank you so much, Terrence. Such a lovely conversation. Learned so much from it. Thank you for this great info. I enjoyed it. Great, great visiting with you. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening Not Basic Blonde podcast. Just to remind you, Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. You can always DM me on Instagram. It's notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy your day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.